Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line tonight after the Nationals' 2-1 loss to the Miami Marlins. They fall to 13-15 on the year after the loss. Doghouse, we won't beat around the proverbial bush for very long, but Steven Strasburg, eight hits, two walks, four and runs in six innings last time out against the Miami Marlins in Marlins Park. 460 ERA, 255 FIP on the year, 309, 361, 390 line against so far this season in 29 and 30 innings pitched, facing the Marlins for the second time in three games tonight. Down one nothing early after a JT Riamilto grounder by third gets misjudged by Michael Taylor. Thought it would bounce off the little stands that jet out into the foul territory and left, but went into the corner. Taylor gives up and has to recover in a triple at that point. Ichiro comes up with an RBI single in the next at bat, one nothing. An error on a bunt by Steven Strasburg in the next inning allows a, another run to score. 2 nothing at that point, but the big story on Steven Strasburg, of course, out after three innings, shown on Masson tonight, grimacing on the mound after a few deliveries, looked uncomfortable the whole time. Word coming out of the post-game press conference is that he has irritation under his shoulder blade, according to what the Nationals just tweeted and what we're seeing from the beat reporters on the scene there, but... Another injury scare for Strasburg. Obviously, he had Tommy John surgery a few years back. Anything you see him wincing and uncomfortable like that on the mound starts to worry national fans, and with good reason this time, some sort of shoulder issue going on that they're going to look into further. Yeah, Mrs. Doghouse actually saw that uh, when we were watching the game. I, I looked away and, and missed it when he came off the mound and winced, and she made me rewind on the DVR and play it over and over again. And so we've been worrying about this for like four hours now. Um, Who knows what this means? At least it's not the elbow, I guess. Uh, I I, I don't know what he did. I guess we're we're just going to have to wait for the the Nats to tell us that the surgery was successful and they're hoping that he can pitch well with his remaining arm. (laughs) Just to follow up, Chelsea James from the Washington Post just tweeted and said he felt discomfort underneath his right shoulder blade. We'll see a chiropractor thinks the adjustment will help, so... Hopefully it's just something out of line and not a muscle or any other sort of injury in the shoulder because as everybody knows, shoulder injuries are almost worse than elbow injuries. Whenever an elbow injury occurs, you say at least it's not the shoulder. But either way, not good news for the Nationals, and neither was their performance tonight. Matt Latos came into the game, 6'8", 6 6 ERA, 326, 385, 512 line against and 21 innings pitched so far, but sort of misleading if you take away his disastrous two-and-a-third inning outing in his 2015 debut when he gave up six hits and seven earned runs to the Atlanta Braves, if I believe. Uh, 398 ERA, 278, 333, 443 line against if you remove that game. Gave up a run in the first eleventh uh, early uh, what, what inning was it second inning I'm sorry eleven pitch walked his in mm-hmm. double by Ramos ground out by Ugla brings him in two to one at that point ends up going six and a third innings but walks five batters gave the Nationals plenty of chances tonight and they just couldn't come through against Latos or the Marlins bullpen after that yeah this this was just so aggravating as a fan to be watching this going on because Matt, Matt Latos is not a good pitcher. You know, you look at his stats, he's a bad pitcher. You take away his one bad outing, which is a little unfair, but all right, we'll grant it, and he goes to a merely below-average pitcher. This, this is not someone the Nats should struggle to put up runs against, and yet they do. Granted, and this is a rant for maybe a little later in the program, 
he got a lot of help from Dan Iasonia, who apparently bet the over on Matt Lato's strikeouts tonight. Apparently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll get to that later. Um, even with a very generous zone, he still walked five. And, and the Nats couldn't capitalize on that. They were, they were rushing. Zim showed the way. Be patient. Let him throw. Because uh, he had, like, one inning where his breaking pitches were working. Other than that, his only pitch was his fastball. Make him pitch to you. And instead, the Nats are, are dashing out there, swinging at the first pitch, grounding out, hitting easy pop-ups. Oh, it makes you want to pull your hair out. It's like Eckstein is the pitching coach again, or uh, the hitting coach again. Come on, Nats. <laughs> Wait this guy out. He's not good. Make him throw pitches. He's going to be bad. Yeah, they put a runner on in the third, the fifth. I'm just scanning through the innings here. One out walked to Unal Escobar in the sixth. They keep on putting runners on base and couldn't do anything. Lead off walked by Wilson Ramos in the seventh. Dan Uggla walks with one out. Michael Taylor grounds into a force. Clint Robinson grounds out. Really nice play by uh, D. Gordon there to rob him of a potential hit. Just following up here on Strasburg, they keep on getting more twits, can tweets, twits. Twits is probably more accurate. Man, uh, Dan Dan Coco from Masson says Strasburg compares discomfort to the rattling you feel when you're driving over a speed bump. This is getting a little in the weeds here, but we'll get a chiropractic adjustment and hope that that's that's what's going to take care of it. But going back to the action on the field now, if we're looking for positives from this uh, game, the bullpen really put one together when they were called upon to do yeoman's work. Sammy Solis, three scoreless, just one hit. Blake Trinan came out with a nice outing. One scoreless there. Matt Thornton, Aaron Barrett, too, to hold it close, but the Nationals just couldn't come through. At least we got a solid start, solid outing from the bullpen, piecing together the uh, fourth through ninth innings. Yeah, I, I am not going to get uh, get tired of watching young Nats relievers uh, get Mike Stanton out uh, and Sammy Solis was was only the first of them to, to do so here tonight. Uh, got behind him, what I think two and zero. Put a pitch inside that that he hit a mile onto the the center field concourse, but just foul, so he got in just far enough, and then uh, went inside again and got him to to pop out. Um, it, it, they were saying it on the broadcast, and it sounds like such a cliche, but it it really is true. Sammy is not scared to, to throw pitches. He, he throws strikes. He has confidence in his stuff. And whether warranted or not, it's playing for him. You know, he's, he's getting that fastball up around 94. Uh, he's got good movement on his breaking pitches. And he's throwing strikes when he wants to throw strikes. He's challenging guys and getting away with it. You know, maybe, uh, maybe the league will catch up to him. But for now, wow, keep at it. And uh, in, in spite of the, the – some trepidation I think we had out of uh, Trinan's appearance with the walk. He, he got through without giving up a run. Thornton went to some long counts, but didn't give up any runs. And uh, Barrett had uh, had some some minor scares there with the triple, but gets out of it with a couple of strikeouts. So, yeah. and, and fantastic outing like this from the bullpen, especially after Strasburg clearly uncomfortable and struggling to throw strikes in uh, in the second, manages to hold it to just the two runs and even throw one more inning. Ah, it, it it makes me wail and gnash my teeth that the uh, <laughs> the Nats could not have have done more to support this. I mean, 
seven scoreless innings after the second uh, against a, a very good hitting ball club, getting into and out of some some jams. Oh, Nats, you 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 got to support that with your bats. Got really frustrating. Well, it was frustrating all night in the eighth inning. Denard's fan takes a leadoff walk there. You think they're going to do something with him, but. Yunel Escobar, who is hard to strike out, goes down on three pitches, chasing a pitch outside from Mike Dunn. Bryce Harper at the second base, launches a few expletives that were clearly audible with a less-than-full ballpark tonight after the rain delay. Ryan Zimmerman pops out after A.J. Ramos came on there. Lead-off walk, you know, they played a big role in last night's game, but Denard stands stranded on first base, three outs after he walked in that instance. Yeah, uh, I, I, one of many tough innings to watch today. Uh, you you see the no out base runner or base runners in some instances, and they not only don't score him, they they don't even move him around. It's come on, Nats. You know I'm not one for small ball, but uh, <laughs> throw us a bone here. Advance a runner. Just don't don't go chasing stuff up and popping up and oh. It was uh, it was a bad night at the plate for the Nets. As you mentioned, Aaron Barrett in and out of trouble. Looked like the Marlins would add one after the Nationals failed to do anything with the leadoff walk in the eighth. Marlins come back in the ninth. Uh, Two-out triple by D. Gordon. Someone finally gets something over Denard Stan's head, which they should probably stat cast that one and figure out how exactly you do that. But Martin Prado got hit with a fastball that just really looked like it hurt. Tricep right above the pad on his elbow, too, just to make it a little bit worse. He puts two on in front of Giancarlo Stanton, which is never a good idea, but then Barry goes to work on him. Apparently, just throw Giancarlo Stanton sliders outside all night, and he'll keep chasing him, which is something the Nationals have figured out over the last couple games and really kind of held him in check so far, but Bottom of the ninth inning, another leadoff runner on. Wilson Ramos reaches. Big mistake by the Marlins on a double play grounder off Ian Desmond's bat. Danny Hetchevaria just drops throw to him from D. Gordon instead of a double play grounder. Two men on, no outs. Dan Ugla comes up. And if you're ever going to bunt in a game, a one-run game in the ninth inning, this is the situation to do it. Ends up bunting back to the pitcher, though, and into and out at third. Just poor execution on Dan Ugla's part if you're going to do it do it right, he doesn't do it right, bunts into an out of third, as I said, and just puts him in a worse position with first and second and probably your speediest runner in the end, Des- uh, Danny Espinosa off the off the base pass and replaced by Dan Uglet first, Ian Desmond at second. Michael Taylor comes up next, faces a slider outside. Ian, uh, Tyler Moore in the final pinch hit appearance, apparently Jason Worth wasn't available tonight. He ends up chasing the sliders too, and didn't make it any easier, as I'm sure you're going to rant at some point, and I'll delay that no longer, that Dan Iasonia had a very uh, liberal idea of a strike zone tonight. Tyler Moore, in particular, got punched with one inside that was way off the plate inside, and then he gives him the outside, too. You can't, you know, you're not getting either side of the plate, so you kind of have to chase everything when it's even close and ends up chasing that slider outside to end the game. No, this this, this was just terrible umpiring. Horrid. Uh I understand that the rule book zone is not what gets called most of the time, but come on, man. If, if you're going to give someone a corner, you can't give both corners. That's just, it's ridiculous. As a hitter, you can't cover both sides of the plate simultaneously. So you're just flailing at whatever. And especially if you're going to give both corners, you've got to give both corners to both teams. 
you can't just give it to one team, which is kind of what happened tonight. And you, you look at the I, – I, I put it up in my post game, the, uh, the pitch FX plot for, uh, against righties. There's some terrible called strikes, like two ball widths inside and outside. And I, I actually remember those pitches. There, uh, the two Desmond strikeouts, a Zim strikeout, and uh, I think Moore went down swinging. Or did he go down on one that was inside? I, I can't recall now. But he chased after uh, he got a pitch inside, called for a strike. Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> again, okay, it's it's only four or five pitches, but most of them were strike threes. So this is this is terrible, and there are a number of called balls there thrown by Nats pitchers that were called balls in these same locations that were called strikes. So if, if you're going to be terrible, be consistent in your terribleness. This just looks corrupt. Not to say that Van Sonia is corrupt. He could just be selectively incompetent. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for walking that one back. <laughs> uh, Nash Knightley accuses umpire being on the take would be the headline. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, we're back to the uh, – same recipe, making the same horrible food that Matt Williams talked about before. The error by Strasburg early in the game ends up causing the, uh, allowing the winning run to score over eight with runners in scoring position in a one-run game. Eight runners left on base. Can't take advantage of six walks. And like Matt Williams said, the same ingredients, same recipe, same dish each time. And nobody likes this one, even though we were on a kind of a high after last night's big win. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to send this one back to the kitchen, please. Yeah, and I, and I, I did to, not approve. To, to get back to the uh, to the uh, question we were just talking about, you know, that that is the one situation where you can think, all right, maybe I'll bunt here, but you, you got to think about who's bunting. Uh, yeah, I, I was uncomfortable with the idea of Dan Ugla bunting there, just because he never bunts. I'm sure he, he practices those one or two times in VP every day. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we put Fister in there and he got a hit. Why don't you pinch hit Jordan Zimmerman here to bunt? Mm-hmm. Bring on a pitcher who's more used to doing it instead of just the obligatory squaring in a batting practice every day. Yeah. I mean, that that is, of course, a ridiculous suggestion to make. But, but it also gives you the, the counter of, all right, Douglas, not the greatest contact guy, but Shek doesn't have – the most wonderful control, and Ugla has a good batting eye, so you put him in there, and maybe you roll the dice on him getting a hit or drawing a walk. You know, that's it, it's a good situation to bunt potentially, but it's not a good bunter, so that maybe takes away it being a good situation to bunt. There's one last note before we sign off for the night and begin the 24 to 48 hours of Strasburg panic. Strasburg, according to <laughs> Matthew Coco, uh, I'm just keeping on calling him by his Twitter handle instead of his name, Dan Coco. But last tweet, Strasburg said he felt discomfort on fastballs to his arm side. Dan Ugla, however, noted that Strasburg's stuff was still good. He's 96 with a good curveball tonight. So we can all try to take the best positive view on this one and hope that it's just something he can get realigned and be back out there soon because Nobody wants to be missing Steven Strasburg for any starts, nonetheless, any length of time. So, it's all hope for the best. Nats town, see what happens. Nationals, 13 yeah, and 15 after the – go ahead. Uh, it's uh, never too soon to panic, but it's never too late to hope. Nope. 
13 and 15 after the 2-1 loss tonight. Rubber match with the Marlins tomorrow. I'm just trying to pull up the pitching matchups before we get out of here. 13 and 15 after the loss. And scrolls over. Come on, agree with me, phone. I want to sign off. Yeah, there we go. Max Scherzer versus Tom Kohler. 105 start tomorrow afternoon. Just in case anyone wasn't aware of that, they're going to go early in the afternoon on the rubber match. Get out of town after that for the Marlins. After that, it's the Braves coming in. So we'll see what the Nats can do. Nats Nightly sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. Doghouse, prepare yourself for the panic. Go Nats. <laughs>